Let's embark on an exciting new journey. Get inspired to explore the shallows and the depths with her ocean story. Mahalo for listening. From one ocean lover to another, I'm your host, Jennifer Marie, and I'm ready to have some fun on this party wave together. I am very excited to have on today's episode an interview I did with Jessica Pate. She is founder of the Florida Manta Project in collaboration with the Marine Megafauna Foundation as lead scientist and project manager. Giant manta rays are my absolute favorite sea creatures to witness while I'm in the ocean, and I'm truly inspired by all of the research projects she has been a part of around the world. From studying sea turtles in Costa Rica and Ghana, diving in Honduras, and even as a professor of marine biology on a sailboat while crossing the Atlantic Ocean. In January of this year, Jessica Pate published a children's book titled A Manta Ray's Journey. The story is based on a giant manta ray named Kevin that Jessica has been able to study during her research with the Florida Manta Project. The children's book can be purchased on Amazon, and all proceeds go to the Florida Manta Project. I would say it makes a great Christmas gift for the little ones in our lives. I even bought it for my son and I to enjoy together as well. Jessica Pate strives to bring awareness about giant manta rays and marine life conservation via outreach and educational activities in schools and local communities nationwide. I am very excited to have her as a part of this podcast episode for Her Ocean Story. Thank you, Jessica. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So let's just get right to it. And um, so let's start with how did you, how did your love for the ocean grow? And you realized you wanted to work as a marine biologist. Um, well, I wasn't one of those kids who always knew they wanted to be a marine biologist. I went through a couple iterations of wanting to be an orca trainer after seeing Free Willy. Um, I wanted to be like a large animal veterinarian. And then when I was in college, I really, I really didn't know at all what I wanted to do. I just knew that I didn't want a nine to five in an office and um, that I wanted to do something like positive for the world. Um, so I majored in environmental science, but even then I hadn't narrowed it down to marine systems. I could have easily ended up studying um, something else. I applied for a job studying bears in Ecuador at one point. Um, oh, wow. But it was really getting scuba certified. Um, I ended up getting some jobs with marine turtles and I moved to Florida and became scuba certified. And once I did that, it was like, this is definitely what I want to be doing. I want to be in or on the ocean as much as I can. That is amazing. And how was your scuba certification <laughs> class and your open water experience? <laughs> um, I mean, on my first open water dive, I had a massive panic attack. Um, and like, was that person who shot back to the surface? And I was like, I just got to go back to the boat. But my dive instructor, like, calmed me down and, you know, got me to the bottom. And once I got to the bottom, I was fine. Um, and then like a month later, I ended up moving to the Caribbean island of Utila and going all the way to my dive master. Um, so Perfect. <laughs> I kind of went from zero to 100. I, I mean, I even had a job eventually where I became a dive instructor. So I've had the pleasure to talk many of those other panicked divers. <laughs> that is amazing. That first stage. And some of those panicked divers have become dive masters as well, which is really cool. 
That is. That, and that's why I ask you because a lot of I hear a lot of stories of people who were really scared initially of the ocean and when they started diving and or free diving and how they work through those fears and those challenges and then later on when I help other people do the same. So that's kind of like my goal for the podcast to get people's fears out, you know, of the ocean and then to discover and explore. And mm-hmm. so then what was what would you say was your favorite place that you've done research or that you've worked at? Because I saw that you've been to Ghana, Costa Rica, Kenya, crossed even the Atlantic Ocean sailing. You've done a lot. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, the favorite work I've done is the project I'm working on now. Like, it is just my favorite thing to do. Um, no, I've been to a lot of cool places. There's a lot of places that I went to in the Caribbean while I was working um, for a company called Sea Muster that I'd like to go back um go back to but yeah i mean sorry i don't have a very good answer for that but yeah no all of them have been really cool for lots of different reasons i have trouble picking a favorite <laughs> no i mean it's it's a it's a long list so i understand that it might be a hard question to answer if they were all great experiences i don't blame you at all <laughs> and that's good because that kind of leads me into the next question what what inspired you to to start up the florida manta project that was back in 2016, right? Yes. So like I said before, I lived in Florida and was doing marine turtle research. Um, and I, while I was doing turtle research, what you do is you get up every morning at sunrise and get on an ATV and drive up and down the beach all day counting sea turtle tracks. So you're on the beach sometimes eight hours a day, five times a week. So I was out there a lot. And sometimes when I was doing my turtle surveys, I would see manta rays swimming by, like right along the beach. And I was just gobsmacked that, first of all, we had manta rays in Florida. I just, I didn't know that they were here. Um, There was no published information on them. When I talked to people, they didn't seem to know a lot about them. Um, so I convinced a friend at the time, this was probably back in 2010 to take me out on his boat. And we actually found one and I got in the water with it and it did this behavior that I've since experienced many times, but I was totally unprepared for this. The manta completely flipped all the way upside down and just sat checking me out for like five minutes. I had my little underwater point and shoot camera and I didn't even like really take any photos because Aww. I was just like I couldn't be- I didn't know that that could happen I was just like whoa and so like I just kind of like fell in love and became slightly obsessed um I think it's so a good I'd obsession actually- though <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a healthy one yes uh my boyfriend might disagree but <laughs> um So I was applying to grad school at the time and I was accepted um, into FAU here to work with someone who studies sea turtles. And my first semester, I spent trying to figure out how to study manta rays and convince my advisor, like, let's make this happen. But there's just, there's just so many questions. Like, I, I didn't, you I mean, there's no, no information to go on. Um, so it didn't end up working out. I ended up doing um, 
I don't know, I had a hard time in grad school. My first project fell apart and I had to like start over in my last semester of grad school. Um, so yeah, so after that, I got a job in um, on a sailboat, uh, which I did for a year or two where you, I taught marine biology and scuba diving while sailing around the Caribbean and across the Atlantic. And then I moved back to Florida I ended up working one of the same like sea turtle jobs that I've had before. And I was just like, it is time to figure it out to see if this Manta project could happen because I was always nervous, like in the back of my head, like someone else is going to do it. Someone else is going to like steal this from me and I'm never going to be able to live with myself. Yeah. Um, but that never happened. No one I've ever met has even thought about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we spent that first year in 2016. I still had a full-time job, but my boyfriend and I rented a boat on our days off from work. And just like our first question that summer was, can we find manta rays? Um, and our very first day we went out, we found two manta rays, which I now know they were in a weird spot at a weird time of year. Like I would never go look at that spot for manta rays normally now. Um so I don't know. I'm not a big, like it was meant to be kind of person, but it was just, it felt that that really kept me going. Cause then we didn't see anything for like three weeks. Oh, wow. Oh man. Yeah. And I think about, we had like a really like slow manta year in 2018. And I think if I had started that project in 2018, I would have concluded that there weren't enough mantas here to study. Oh. Um, but that first summer we found 10 manta rays, I think. So we found them about half the time we went out and I was like, that's a completely feasible number to work with. Uh, so we had started to pursue it, uh, more intensely. That is great. That is, that is great to hear. I mean, I actually didn't know anything about Florida manta project or that there was mantas here until I bumped into the page, um, actually bumped into your Instagram. I think that's what it was. And then I saw the Florida, the Manta Ray Journey book and I started researching and I was like, wow, I had no idea. And when I asked other friends, they're like, no, we don't know because we we dive a lot. I've been diving here since like 2017 and we follow like the lemon shark migrations in Jupiter. We follow, we try to go out when the tiger sharks are in Jupiter and the grouper migrations and the turtle mating season. And we try to follow like all the things, you know, to see dive wise, you know, throughout south florida and no one's ever mentioned mantas um is it usually like a, a is it a is it more of a snorkeling site are you free diving mainly well, with them or it's not die or is it scuba diving yeah so mixed? that's the reason i think they went unstudied for so long is um because i like to tell people you're more likely to see a manta ray in florida walking down the beach than you are scuba diving on the reefs so I think someone would have started a project a long time ago if they were frequently seen when you're scuba diving, because it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're typically seeing them in um, close to shore and really shallow water. There's not like a p- specific site. We we drive very up long distances up and down the coast. Um, yeah, but uh, most time they're in less than 10 to 15 a watt feet, feet of water. Um, and we do everything free diving um just scuba diving doesn't make any sense for this these mantas that is that is cool that is cool i've been wanting to get 
me and several of my friends, we've been talking about free diving for the longest, but we've already been scuba certified for so long and it's, you're down there in the underwater for so long. You don't have to worry about coming <laughs> up, getting a, a breath of air. <laughs> but uh, what would you say then is the biggest challenge, like with your position, with your job in marine biology? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would probably say sometimes for me, this is the personally hardest is... <laughs> Sometimes maintaining a positive outlook when you see so much bad stuff with like, just like this week I've been dealing with, we go study this manta migration in Cape Canaveral and the migration from what I'm hearing has already happened two months early because the seas, likely because the seas are so warm. They're way warmer at this time of year than they normally are. Um, And there's just these really, really complex um problems that you know we're facing you know as a planet and sometimes i'm just like it's it's overwhelming all that all that needs to be done and especially with mantis here in florida i don't have any historical data to go by so i'm like what is normal and i don't really know i I have i have anecdotes from fishermen and that's about it (laughs) Yeah, I, I can see that as being rough. You know, you don't have nothing to compare it to. You're absolutely right. And so then how, what are you trying to inspire or teach the community? What's, what's the most important thing that you're trying to get out? Important, the most important message you're trying to get out there? Um, I mean, <laughs> I feel like our, our step one messaging is, is that there are manta rays in Florida. And what is a manta ray? Um, because... You know, we did like surveys of 200 fishermen for this study down here in Florida to learn about um, fishing interactions with mantas. And so many people think mantas and stingrays are the exact same thing. Like, yes. I'm like a manta ray. And they're yes. like, that's what killed, that's what killed Steve Irwin. And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> nope. So, um, and that was, a, that was the main reason I wrote the children's book is because I was like, at least kids will go tell their parents, like, this is a way to start getting it out there to make it, um, more well-known. Cause you know, everyone knows what a manatee is. Everyone knows what a sea turtle is here in Florida. And that's really what I want is for like a manta ray to be another thing that everyone knows what it is. But also the fact that, you know, these animals are are pretty different from from your typical fish. Like they have the biggest brains of any fish. They're very social creatures. Um, you know, sometimes they kind of like act more like marine mammals when you're in the water with them than they they do like a normal uh, fish. So I just think like that's what I'm trying to c- communicate to people. Like you know, these are actually could be highly intelligent creatures that we're interacting with. And like, people just don't understand that. Exactly. No, I, from, from what I've heard, like one of my, like my top bucket list place to go diving is the Socorro Islands off of Mexico. And for the manta rays, because I've heard they're super interactive. They love to play with divers and their bubbles and, and they're, you know, yes, yes, they're fish, but they act more like a dolphin. You know, they, they like to interact, you know, with divers, you know, of course, you can never predict how their interactions are going to be like, but they're very smart yeah, no, creatures. Yep. I have, uh, I've been diving at Socorro. That, honestly, when you ask me one of my favorite places I've been, 
that could be one of my favorite places. And there's a particular dive site there that you see mantas pretty much every time. I could dive that dive site like every day for a month. Easy. <laughs> and I saw um, a whale shark with dolphins swimming right next to it. Oh, like, that is so is beautiful. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Okay, I'm signing up ASAP as soon as possible. <laughs> that is amazing. So good. And uh, and what's your proudest accomplishment thus far in your career? Mm, I mean, starting this project is easily um, yeah. the thing I'm most proud of. Um, yeah, you know, I just, I had this idea for a long time. And what, like, I like to make sure people know, like, you know, it's not like I had this idea and I made it happen. Like, it took me like seven years even to get up the nerve to even try and then you know, it, it was baby steps along the way. So, you know, our, our first publication that came out was a really big milestone for us, you know, starting this new project in Cape Canaveral, which is very different from our work in South Florida. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty proud, proud of all of it. That's awesome. That's, that's great. No, I, I get it about baby steps because this podcast for me is totally new audio editing is totally new and just working up the courage to ask people is, you know, all of it is baby steps. And I'm just telling myself, Jen, this is for fun and, and just take it one day at a time. There's no rush. There's no timeline. Just go for it. Just go at your yeah, pace. And you'll figure it out. It just, sometimes it takes a while and yeah, just feel, ask everyone questions. I, I've done that a lot and still do if that's, Yeah always bring in people to help you who have more experience is I've learned instead of trying to learn a lot of things myself, get a collaborator who has expertise in that and, and use that. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, and I definitely, that's what I have been doing. I even joined like a public speaking group and, and all of that to just get, you know, out of my comfort zone and, and grow with it. But I totally understand where you come from. That was not like an overnight success that took years and, and you're still growing mm -hmm. and still trying to get the word out there, which is pretty cool. And so how, how would people, how can people get involved? Is, are you still looking for volunteers or is it on um, a seasonal we basis? Have a yeah. Uh, what we think the Manta season is keeps on changing a little bit. So we do take on local volunteers. Um, which you can find more information about that on our website. Um, but like local citizens, one of the biggest way you can get involved is like, if you see a Manta, please take a photo, please. <laughs> I hate when people don't take photos because um, it's hard for me to know because so many people send reports of Eagle Rays and Southern Stingrays. I mean, I've, I've seen it all. I've seen pictures of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so it's really hard for me to know what it is unless it's a manta and we've actually are starting more research on the cousins of manta rays the the devil rays or the mobula rays um that's actually been ramping up quite a bit and so some people see those and think they're mantas and we definitely can't identify those to species without a photo so mm -hmm. um that's just like, there's lots of, we have a whole uh, reporting system you can report to us, but like 
taking photos. There's that whole app called iNaturalist, which I'm just getting into, but I know a lot of scientists who use it. So like you can really become a citizen science by taking pictures of interesting things and connecting to scientists. You know, I do it all the time. I take pictures of like little teeny fish and nudibranchs and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> oh, that is really neat. What is it called again? The app? Uh, what is what called? The app. Oh, iNaturalist. iNaturalist. Cool. I'm going to jot that down because I don't want to forget. That sounds yeah, really neat. I personally haven't used it, but I know some other researchers who are writing papers, and I think we will use it for an upcoming paper, are um, looking for these species we don't see a lot, and people will upload photos, and there'll be photos so we can verify which species they are. So for some of the double rays, that's like an app that you can search to see what people have posted. No, and I totally get that people like don't know what a manta is. I have a manta ray tattoo. I actually got one after the first time I saw one. And everybody calls oh, awesome. it a stingray or an eagle ray. And it's like, no, it's it's a giant manta. <laughs> so <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but let me just uh, taper it off with one last uh, question. Uh, what advice would you give to aspiring marine biologists or environmentalists? Yeah, my biggest piece of advice is get out and get experience. Um, it's helpful in two ways. One, you get experience that could be helpful to you in future jobs. But two, you also figure out what you like to do. Like there's so many different pathways you can take in marine science. You can be in education. You can be in policy. You know, the, the field work that people do, honestly, it isn't for everyone. You know, it looks like a lot of fun what we post, but, you know, sometimes we're out there for 12 hours a day. You know, I was... 40 degrees Fahrenheit the other day and I had to get in the water and it was so cold. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so just get experience and don't be scared to ask people questions. I was always like really intimidated. Um, like when I went to my first conference, I was always scared. of like the big scientist who wrote all these big papers that I cited. Um, like, don't be scared to go up, talk to people, ask questions, introduce yourself. Um, you really never know where those connections will lead. So that is awesome. Yeah, no, thank you. Of course. That's I, I'm a big fan, a big believer in asking questions, asking, you know, community, asking coworkers or friends, anyone for feedback, or if they know people, it's it's definitely the way to go. I agree. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Jessica. I, I appreciate you being on the podcast. And that is a wrap for my first podcast interview on Her Ocean Story with Jessica Pate from the Florida Manta Project. I appreciate you for tuning in as well and found maybe a little inspiration and learned something new about giant manta rays, maybe thinking about contributing to the Florida Manta Project or finding a way to volunteer or simply pick up a new children's book for yourself or a friend called A Manta Ray's Journey. Feel free to reach out to me via email at heroceanstory at gmail.com or Instagram at heroceanstory if you would like to be on the podcast or can recommend any guests for the show. Mahalo once again for listening. I hope you enjoy some good times on the water today. Aloha!